Hello and welcome to the Points of Brew podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Points of Brew podcast with me, Stephen Carter. And this week I'm joined by another homebrew hero of Instagram, Elliot, aka the Crafty Carrington. How are you doing, mate? You okay? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. It's been a long week, but I'm glad it's Friday now. I get to have a beer and a chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, every week seems to be a long week at the <laughs> moment, especially with the uh, the impending doom um, with the scaremongering that's going on at the moment yeah, with the new yeah. place has been locked down again. So, uh, is that is that going to impact you at all in terms of what you're doing with the restriction on meeting people or? I mean, like day to day from a work perspective, I'm I'm an IT technician uh, by trade. So I, that, fortunately, I've been doing a lot of my work from from home since sort of mm. uh, March time. Um, I mean, it's not going to impact me too much uh, because, you know, um, it is what it is. We're used to it now. Um, I, I think it's a little bit ridiculous, but it, it, it is what it is. If it's law, it's law. But the funny thing is, because I'm also part of a, of a sports team, a rugby community, we can still go to training with groups of, you know, 30 people and we're actually allowed to do contacts now. So it's just a bit mm. of a, it's a bit of a weird one and you have all these sort of contradictions, but I mean, day to day, it's not going to bother me too much, mate. Yeah. It's, it's weird, isn't it? It's, I mean, cause I'm a, I'm a, a rugby league supporter and I don't know if you've seen the news about that in terms of players can't celebrate tries anymore. You know, they're not allowed uh, to gather in huddles and celebrate. It's like you, you, they're playing yeah. a contact <laughs> sport where they're coming into yeah. con- physical contact with themselves and the other team repeatedly over the space of 80 minutes. It's just, yeah. it's crazy. Because um, I, I play football recreationally. I don't play for a team, but yeah. I, I can sometimes play five-a-side a couple, of, a couple of times a week. And then it's like, oh, can we play anymore? And then it's like, can we, can't we? It's like, well, it's organised technically. So it's, yeah, it's just exactly. there's so many, yeah. so many grey areas. And I, I, I messaged the, the guys earlier that I play with in one group and they were like, well, if everyone's happy to keep playing, and the place, yeah. the you know, the, the place is happy for us to keep going, then can we, should we? And it's like, well, if we we can do it, and if, if we get told we can't, then we get told we can't. But it's just, it seems that things are, are rapidly heading heading backwards again, yeah. which is a shame. It's, it's a weird one. I mean, it's it's been strange times. And um, I was saying to my girlfriend the other day, it's I, I was quite annoyed with it, and I was a bit of a grump about it. And I was like, well, I was just getting back to normality. And then, mm. because she's a school teacher, she and she's definitely a lot more pragmatic than me um she was like well you know what do you expect this second wave was always discussed and in the back of my mind you always you always had a mind to think that second wave is coming and then will it won't it then life starts getting normal again and then here we go we you know but we'll see we'll see yeah well this is it mate this is it and i was saying to my my parents this week is that i hate I hate being tarred with the the young generation brush. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, I, I hate that. Oh, it's all young'uns doing it. But I, I, it's like it actually was to a certain degree. You know, yeah. not not myself because I've I've been a bit easier on the on the restrictions and the guidelines and things. You know, I've not been as militant as I was at the start. But with all these yeah, people right. going out with, you know, protests of one nature or another and not wearing masks, mm. and then going to promotion parties for Leeds and Liverpool and etc. <laughs> yeah. without masks and celebrations, it's just like. Oh yeah, it's just I just cringe when I saw it all, and it's like you know, it's, I just I hate again. I hate it's like that younger generation thing. I'm I'm still clinging on part of it. I'm it was my birthday this week, and I'm I'm 29 now, so I still oh, don't. Okay. I still think I'm in the the youngish generation, but the yeah, sort of the right, yeah. 18 to 25 generation seem to have been dad's yeah, pub 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 pub, and it's just yeah, weird and weird. It's just 
I don't know what's going to happen, mate. But uh, we will soon see. We will soon see. <laughs> but apart apart from that, have you been have you been keeping all right overall during the the whole lockdown thing? Yeah, I've been keeping fine. I'm sure we're going to get into it in this podcast. Um, I'm sure with a lot of homebrewers and a lot of sort of, sort of new sort of Instagram people that this lockdown was actually a blessing in disguise. And uh, yeah, it's kept me busy with you know the new sort of alias or the Instagram page. So um, I've just been getting stuck into that and uh, the whole sort of homebrewing and craft world. So all in all, mm. aside from the fact that the first three months, um, obviously there's no sport or and the gyms are closed. I did a lot of drinking under the guise of being, you know, studying, brewing, studying, and I'll put on a bit of weight, but I'm slowly getting that <laughs> off now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing for me is I've, I've, I think as everybody's been drinking a bit too much over the past sort of six months or so, and that's I rely sure. on football twice a week to actually be active because I, I, yeah. I don't like going to the gym. It, like I have to be forced to go to the mm-hmm. gym because I just don't like, I don't enjoy it. It's not my thing, but yeah. if I'm playing football or, Touch and pass rugby or tag rugby or something like that. Yeah. Then I'm actually enjoying. You know, I'm not thinking about and enjoying it. So yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I just, I just hope that I can keep doing that because again, I just going out for a run just does not do it for me because I get right. bored after five minutes. And <laughs> so I'm hoping that these these things, these things don't lock us down too much. But thankfully, it's you know, then from my own personal perspective, you know, lockdown and these things were a blessing in disguise. So I ended up working in a bottle shop and landing my what's pretty much exactly, my dream mate. job at the minute exactly, so you know mate. you know no but the, the only thing was that i had to work for five months for my last job and then ah no making you redundant see you later so yeah. that was a bit of a, <laughs> yeah. a, t- a tough pill to swallow but at the, at the time I, I didn't know i was going to end up working where i am but yeah but thankfully I've, I've found my feet and i'm i'm selling and talking about beer every day so uh, you know Perfect. i feel like i'm <laughs> I, I couldn't be better placed at the moment anyway so yeah exactly so, yeah, so it's 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 been good. It's I think there's a lot of things that'll come to the front and forefront of like you say, they're almost a blessing in disguise for what initially was potentially a hardship. And I'm not belittling mm. the thing because obviously there's been a lot of hardship and a lot of suffering yeah. and I think yeah. there there still will be, but in some ways I think yeah. society will come out better in many ways than than maybe what it what it was before. But you'd like to hope so, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, you you would and, and it's this whole, you know, looking out for each other peace and people you know changing the shopping habits and spending mm-hmm. habits and socializing habits you know it's it's i hope that sticks i hope it upstairs around and we yeah. don't lose sight of what's important but who knows who knows Ta- mate. time will tell <laughs> yeah well this is it mate this is it so uh, so we will see we will see it'll be it'll be christmas and then the new year before we know it it's just these last six months have just gone instantly i just don't yeah. know you know from <laughs> Been stuck at home, not being able to leave the house. To now, it's just it's crazy, crazy times. But we'll uh, yeah. we'll move on, mate. So uh, we'll we'll move on to sort of more interesting subjects and what people are, are here for. So we'll we'll quickly awesome. move on to uh, what we've been drinking section. So uh, as we've alluded to, there we've been drinking a bit more than what we potentially should have been. So what's <laughs> sure. uh, yeah? What are the uh, what are the beers that you've had recently that have uh, stuck out for yourself? So uh, recently, I think it was probably about 10 days ago, whenever payday was, um, as you do, you jump on to uh, online and you order some beer. So this time I ordered like a selection from Vocation. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, typically I pick up, I know this is a touchy subject, typically I'll pick up the Vocation packs or the cans from a supermarket. Yes, I said it. 
Um, <laughs> that's another slippery slope, but we won't that's, go that's there. A, that's, a, that's a subject for a completely different podcast altogether, yeah. I think, after after this week's <laughs> antics. Exactly, exactly. But anyway, back to the beer. So typically I was just <laughs> used to having the supermarket um, vocation beer. So I thought, you know what? I've seen the bread and butter, the, the one with the yellow writing. I've seen mm. the divide and conquer, the lighter blue, sort of the Nipah. So what I've been drinking, I think I'm sort of grouping them in here, but I, the first one I had was Divide and Conquer, which was a New, New England IPA, and it was absolutely lovely. It was just a massive passion fruit bomb. And I mean, if you like passion fruit and you like those sort of fruity, um, hazy, you know, sort of hot bombs, that was, uh, yeah, that was a real treat for me. And, um, and then they also had the Bread and Butter Pale Ale, which is a dry hopped pale ale. And the reason I chose that one is because quite recently, uh, in a homebrew sense, I'd, I'd been doing a lot of sort of sort of pale ales, very basic, just to you know learn the ropes of different you know malts and mm. hops and that sort of stuff. And yeah. that was really good. It was like crisp. It was sort of refreshing. Um, there wasn't too much hop action going on there, but there was some nice sort of fruity flavours coming from the dry hop. And then mm. my absolute favourite, which I've got on my hand right now, it's always a staple. It's the love and hate New England IPA from Vocation, the the orange um, letters, yeah. and that to me is just, you know, every single brew day. I don't care if I don't care. I just need a can of that in the in the fridge for, for <laughs> at some point of the day. So, yeah, that's me, just Vocation mad this month. So I think I think what you're saying there, Elliot, is obviously that a lot of breweries have been selling direct customers more so than than mm-hmm. what potentially would normally do which is one of the things that's come out about this whole thing is that they've still been supplying the the bottle shops and supermarkets where applicable but i think a lot more people have been going direct to source more so yeah. now because yeah the breweries might not necessarily have been doing that pre-lockdown but mm-hmm. i think that's what we were mentioned earlier is that one of the things that has changed and i think will continue to change is that the breweries are going more direct to customer as opposed to going to the bottle shops or you know as well as yeah. but i think yeah i think a lot of people are, are still reluctant in some ways to go out um mm-hmm. the convenience of beers being brought to the house and not having to not having to leave the house so um yeah. but I've, I've always loved vocation um they were, they were one of the first breweries that i was i was drinking when when i got into drinking craft beer um yeah certainly from a from an ease perspective of of like you say they are available in supermarkets and um mm-hmm. love and hit it's probably one of the better version or better outings as it stands pre these beers that we've seen definitely um but i still think life and death is still a fantastic core fridge filler Um, oh yeah absolutely beautiful yeah more of a more of a west coast style beer but as a as an actual just a beer that just every now and again just get a pack of four of that and i could i could quite comfortably drink the four one after another and just enjoy every single one of them um but i completely get it and it's nice that you're drinking a, a brewer that is local to me a yorkshire brewery um yeah you know, they right are. yeah yeah so I was, they, they I, was, I was gonna say they're they're fairly local to you uh judging from uh because you're obviously leeds based aren't you yeah yeah so i'm just outside of leeds so they're they're hebden yeah. bridge which is near near halifax yeah. but it's still only about 40 45 minutes away from from where we are but they're oh, um wow. their their little space that they've got in hebden bridge is is great their little sort of tap room the food there's great and there's just nice just nice Beautiful. little space yeah, it's it's a great little spot, which is a shame. It's it's nice to see it back open and, and running again after it got flooded out. Um, yeah, at the start, end of this last year, start of this year. I didn't realise that happened. That's that's yeah. crazy. 
Yeah, all all of Hebden Bridge was pretty much underwater. Um, oh, because it's, it's it in was, the valley, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the, the the river just came over, and I think I think it was just a result of they had to open the they, had, they opened the floodgates yeah. down the river, and that was it. It just unfortunate, but they were back up and running as quick as they were as they could be. Um, wow. But one one of one of the beers that I was was going to talk about is a is a vocation a vocation beer as it happens as well. So. Oh, cool. Is the 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 Dipper Hypnosis, which they oh, right yeah the yeah. Dipper Dipper, which the Hypnosis was being the Dipper, and then Future Divine <laughs> Fate, which is the Tipper, um, which I haven't had that yet. Yeah. Um, which I've seen conflicting information about the Dipper's better than the Tipper, and then some saying the Tipper's better than the Dipper. So yeah. I am keen to see what the Tipper is like, but certainly that that double IPA was easily as good as any other dipper that i've had by verdant cloud water daya et al any yeah, of i agree yeah because mm. because i um i had uh both of those cans in it as well and the dipper to me it, it stood out um opposed mm. to the tipper but I'll, I'll let you carry on <laughs> yeah i mean for me it just it was so fruity it was just such a, oh, a fruit yeah. flavor bomb it was it was incredible um i yeah. just i loved it i mean i i had that after i'd um I say after at the end of well, after I'd had a few beers and and the morning after I woke up with a bit of a fuzzy head because I pretty much <laughs> went to bed straight afterwards so I felt it the next morning but yeah, yeah. It, incred, incredible flavour that it was it was really good and and the one thing that I said about vocation recently is that they seem to have had a shot in the arm recently you know they've they, they've they're a yeah. prevalent brewery that's in supermarkets and like say fridge fillers and things like that and a great starting point for people getting into craft. With their barrel age series, the stouts mm. that they have recently, mm. and then these dippers and tippers, and they've, they've just brought out their um, single hop series with the uh, Yakima yeah. Chief hops, which again, I've yet to have both of those yeah. yet. But their quality just seems to have just taken a massive step up, and they just seem to be knocking it out of the park with the quality recently. And it, it's great yeah. to see that, you know, that they're, they're supplying, you know, Tesco's and Morrison's with their, their wares in, in sort of abundance, but the more quote unquote crafty things that you'd find in the bottle shops are direct mm. from them. The quality has just taken a massive leap forward and it's brilliant to see because I, I just love, as you can appreciate Yorkshire breweries and Yorkshire beer and the fact that they're yeah. making, a, making such a, a name for themselves, even though they've got a good name, but to rival the the big brewers out there, it, it's great to see yeah. that they're, they're managing to achieve that as well. I guess you feel like a sense of pride as well, like some county sort of, sort of pride i know because i've uh one of my friends who i'll, who I'll come into a little bit later joe who's um at his instagram's at back row brew but he's a yorkshireman but lives now in portsmouth and mm. uh he, he he lets you know he's from yorkshire every time you see him he's like <laughs> he's though I, I get the sense that if you're from yorkshire you're so proud you're absolutely beaming so i i can sort of sense from your enthusiasm that you're sort of proud that a uh sort of local brewery are doing well you know yeah yeah we, we all walk around with a flat cap and a whip it that's 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 <laughs> the, the given thing but but no it's, it's you know I, I love craft beer and it's and everyone's got pride in the county and i think we're just so blessed to to be surrounded by so many good breweries that we are yeah and you've got Vocation north northern monk wild child yeah. so many good yorkshire breweries but then even if you just go to sheffield and you know in leeds but then if you go to sheffield manchester York, you brew York, you you know, you've got Abbeydale yeah. in Sheffield and you've got Cloudwater, Pomona Island in Manchester, Track in Manchester. We just there's so many good breweries that are up in the north of England. It's it's an incredible scene mm. around here and it's good that they managed to get their name and their beers out 
to to the rest of the the country because yeah. it's it still surprises me to to see that there are pockets of the country that don't see the likes <laughs> of Northern Monk or Brew York or North. No, no. Those areas that don't see that, so it's nice that they do get out there and they can go direct to customer now because again, there's still areas of the country that don't have many bottle shops around. So yeah, the yeah. craft that they would see would be through the supermarket. So yeah, precisely, yeah, that they can reach that audience direct and and get the get the beers in into people's hands. So, um, yeah. but the one of the other beers that I was going to talk about is. Um, Taffa Taffa, which is a sour okay. IPA, which is by Gypsy Hill. Now, I drank this yesterday. Um, I drank this last night because, like, it was it was my birthday yesterday, so I had I brought my no drink, oh, yeah. no yeah. no drink through the week rule because it's it, it's like religion to drink on your birthday. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I had that, but oh, that that thing was incredible. I mean, I I love sours, which my next yeah. bit sour that I'm going to talk about, but I'm I'm not I'm I've opened the door ever so slightly to stouts. I'm I'm very much still trepidant right. about drinking stouts but sours to me ah oh, that that was just like drinking alcoholic breakfast juice that that was just orangey pineapple mango oh it was incredible it was it probably, great. It, it, probably a little bit too flat for me i didn't have much carbonation through but i know yeah. some sours that you don't always get that carbonation yeah. through so it was more a sour ipa than an out out and out sour oh okay uh, yeah yeah, but that was brewed with you. They actually juiced whole oranges, so full orange peel. Yeah. Everything went in. Um, I think they had pineapple puree as well in there. And oh, yeah, oh, wow. if if you gave that, you know, you could quite have easily just by the the look and the color of it, you could have got away with drinking that at breakfast, and quite nobody would have. <laughs> but I um, yeah, I, I, lo- I love my sours, and I love anything that's got a load of fruit in it. Yeah, um, I love a sour as well. Yeah, yeah, it's just. They're just such a different beer to anything else that, that you get in summer, you know, sitting in a beer garden or sitting outside of a tap room or pub or somewhere with a, with a good sour IPA or a, an yeah. out and out or yeah. fruit beer. It's just incredible. Um, I and, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm glad that brewers brew them all year round and not just in the summer. To know yeah, there was a right. point to just do it in the summer because it was like a summer drink. But I think, again, one of the things to come out of this has been that brewers will keep things in more regular supply in their schedule yeah, because yeah. people want to get their hands on it because they can't get it outside of potentially cans or bottles because they, they yeah. can't drink out. So, but but Gypsy Hill are a relatively unexplored brewery for me. Um, but right. I've, got, I've had yeah. the core range, you know, the the Hepcat and the other ones that have been in Tesco's and now Tesco's and also M and S. They've had a couple of beers in as well. Oh, okay, cool. So I've had a couple of theirs, but they they seem to have a, a very loyal and passionate following. Um, yeah. The Gypsy Hill. So um, yeah, I was, I was blown away by that one. So that was just definitely definitely one of note for me. But the um, the ne- the next one uh, being another sour is uh, the Ribena sour by by Vault City. Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> by Vault City or or not? Yeah. Recently, have you have you had have you had much by Vault City or? I can't say I have. I mean, I've had, I've had a lot, but it's the, the mm. crazy thing with the craft beer world is there's there's so many nano breweries and 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 micro breweries now, and you know every single time I get onto Instagram, I see I see a brew, brewery that I've not seen before. So <laughs> that's so yeah. So no, I, I haven't. I haven't. It's it's just mad. Yeah. Tell me more about that, it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's the that's the again one of the the beauties of it, isn't it? That there's so many 
it's impossible to try every beer and have a beer by every brewery because they are still popping up left, right, and centre. Yeah, um, right. From me working in working in the in the bottle shop at the Yorkshire Craft Beers, there's there's been a couple of breweries that I've not heard of before, and then oh, we're getting a brewery, uh, beers in by so and so. I was like, and then I, I look them up because I've I've not even heard of them, you know. And I I, I think myself that I I know of sort of quite a lot of breweries, but yeah, it's just, yeah. there's still there's still breweries that are out and about there that are just coming through the fore of people's minds and getting the stuff out there in distributors and wholesalers and. To, to bottle shops direct so but Vault yeah. City are Scottish um, they're, they're up in Scotland um, but oh, they yeah. primarily brew sours so I know they've had um, I think okay. they had the coconut stout I think they did recently um, but their their range is primarily sour um, yeah. and this was this this wasn't a sour sour to me it was more like a fruit beer which I don't mind yeah. again I do yeah. love a, a creek beer or a framboise I, I do love those yeah. fruit beers so mm-hmm. Uh, as the title suggests, it was it was black currants because it was Ribena. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, beautiful beer. I um, I tried that um, for the first time at North Bruins Tap Room in Leeds. Um, oh, so okay. my brother went for um, a, a pootle into into Leeds after we were allowed to to come out. Albeit yeah. we had to <laughs> pre-book places and things yeah, like that. Yeah. But yeah, but that was on the tap list. I was like, I've I've got to have a sour. I can't not have a sour. Um, <laughs> loved it. Loved it, blown away by it. Um, as soon as it came into the shop, when I knew we were getting it, bought two bottles of it again. Because <laughs> I just loved it. And, it, and it's not often that I get taken by it, that I have to buy another one. You know, as as yeah. many you know as many other people attest to, as part of this is that you're always trying to drink something new, and you don't often drink the same beer twice. Mm-hmm. Apart from the, the vocations that we talked about that fill your fridge, but yeah, yeah. As soon as I saw that, that came in. Uh, we got the cloud lemonade sour, which again I love that. And there's just we've just had four more land this week. Um, there was a strawberry woo woo one, which uh, was based after the cocktail. <laughs> yeah, uh, dragon a dragon fruit one and a blueberry one. So I've bought all three of those. Um, oh. Lots of coffee and bramble sour, which I I don't like coffee. So to me, that's not awful. Um, yeah. But I'd, I'd be interested in somebody to actually try it and and actually see what it's like. Um, yeah. In terms of do the, do the coffee notes really strongly come through? Uh, because I think they've, they've put a lot of coffee beans into it. I think from what I remember rightly, but I just love I just love their that they the stick to bottles as well. That every every single one of their bottles is or beers is in a bottle. Sorry. Right. Um, yeah. Different sizes. They do different. I think they do like a three thirty bottle, and then three seven five bottle, then up to the seven fifty bottle. Um, so I've still got a bottle of their cherry bakewell actually, which I think is in one of the bigger bottles. Um, yeah. But I, I I just see it and I just like oh that sounds really nice. And I say I'll save it for a special occasion. Then I just find myself that I don't want to drink it. I say like, mm-hmm. ah, no, it's not a special enough occasion, so I won't, I won't drink it. I won't drink it. But I need yeah. to get around. So I've got I've, I've just got too much beer in the house at the minute. It's it's obscene. And, and certainly working in around beer just does not help when you get sent <laughs> samples of you know do you do you want to stock our beer and then just buying beer yeah. as soon as it comes in like i'll have one of them i'll have one of them i'll have another one of them and it's just like before you know it's just oh the fridge it's is so easy of... it's so easy yeah <laughs> i've got a little fridge under the table which was just designated for beer then the top shelf <laughs> of the main fridge is now full and then yeah. there's just a thing on the on the table in the kitchen it's just like this is getting out <laughs> but it's like you said it's friday it's the weekend so that does signal drinking so after we've recorded i'm, I'm gonna open a couple of cans i think and, and welcome the weekend on in, oh, in, in Good. So, uh, so yeah but they're the they're the three beers that i wanted to to discuss of note but 
I could I could talk about probably ten or fifteen that I've had recently. Yeah, but right. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's hard to choose. It's it's when I'm in the shop and people, what have you drank recently? What did you recommend? And it's like uh, lots and it's Every, like, everything, yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah just name, name a beer. Just tell me a beer to buy. And it's like oh, you're almost like you're on the spot. Then it's like which yeah. which one do I? Pick? But then it's like because again, the the great thing is there's a beer out there for everybody, and you don't yeah. want to recommend something that they'll be disappointed by. And but. Nine times out of ten, most of the time, you'll you'll find they like it. Back. Yeah, yeah, you'll come back and say, "Oh, yeah, do you know you recommended me that Verdant and I loved it, or that Pentrich and I loved it, or that Northern Monk and it was great." And then, yeah, you know, you get the odd person. It won't for me, but that's just beer. You know, that that's just beer. You you're bound to find a beer along the way that you drink, and everyone's been, yeah. you know, pouring over it, and then you're just like, it was okay, you know. But that's that's just that's just beer and mm-hmm. the nature and the, the reason why we do what we do, mate. So uh, exactly, long- yeah. In- so um so yeah so we'll we'll end that uh, little section there then we'll uh, we'll come back and and look at yourself a bit more in depth mate because like i said you're a, one of the home brewers of instagram so we'll, we'll come on to your home <laughs> yeah, brewing sure. how you've got into it and uh, other bits and bobs and we'll uh, we'll take a short pause and come back sounds good to me Right, so welcome back, everyone. So this is a bit, Elliot, where we take a, a more in-depth look at yourself and, like I say, your home brewing journey um, yeah. and, and what's going on with that. So first things first, mate, how did you get into home brewing? So it's a long old story. I think um, I'm going to put the listeners to sleep. Um, <laughs> but, but, I mean, basically, like, gr- growing up from a, from a little lad, uh, my dad, um, he's, he's a Lancashireman, is that Lancashireman? Anyway, he's from Oldham and Manchester. <laughs> and he was always into, you know, you know, traditional ales, any lagers, like anything. So mm. as a kid growing up, he would always give me sort of, you know, little tasters of the beer he was having. So I think that mm-hmm. kind of influenced me a little bit um, into liking beer when I obviously came of age. But then yeah, um, yeah. obviously you come of age and then it's all about clubbing and, you know, you're drinking Jaeger bombs and a vodka Red Bulls. And I kind of got, you know, you know, you get carried away in that sense, and then I sort of then I got into rugby in my sort of early twenties. I'm, I'm 27 now, and I think I found rugby when I was about 21, 22. And mm. then uh, it doesn't need to be said, but um, I will say it: uh, rugby's of beer is a big part of rugby, right? You know, um, <laughs> it's a big part of the culture. So then I found my love uh, for beer again. Um, you, you know, some of my teammates preferred cider. Some people like, you know, the spirits. And there's a big contingent that like the beer. So um, it's sort of like lighting my fire again. Mm. And then um, obviously after a game, you, you have you have your dinner, and then obviously you know you have a social. You drink a few pints, and you know when you're drinking a lot of quantity, when you're drinking sort of the generic sort of lager, it's quite gassy. Um, so then I moved on to you know the more traditional, less carbonated English ales. Like the you know the London Prides, the Doom Bars, yeah. and I mean this wasn't alien alien to me because like I said earlier, you know I sort of you know grew up with my dad, you know point you know sort of ushering me towards these traditional ales. So I started getting into those, and then um, I think it was early last year, uh, me and my girlfriend went out to Denmark to visit her brother and. He's a brewer at a couple craft microbreweries in in Denmark. Okay. Um, shout shout out to Rob. Um, but then he also uh, worked um, in, in a brew pub, which was linked to the breweries, I believe. Mm. And um, it, it, you know, we spent the whole day there because he was working his shift, right? So 
we arrive from the airport, we get into our, it was called Aarhus, I believe, in Denmark. We get into Aarhus, see the sights, and then Rob goes on for his shift, and then we just plant ourselves on the table, me and my girlfriend, and, you know, we just drink. And then Rob's girlfriend turns up, who is Danish herself, Anna, and, you know, Rob just brought out all of these interesting craft beers. We know we're talking pale ales, IPAs, you know, mm. New England IPAs, all this stuff. And probably by this point, I d- didn't have a clue, you know, what was what. <laughs> I was just, you know, the tasting, you know, the, the guinea pig sort of thing. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and it's funny that we talked about your love for sours. So he brought out a sour beer for me, right? And it, and I can see it clear as day now. You know, sort of brings out, so like, try this. And, you know, by his demeanour, I knew that, it's, you know, it probably was something a little bit out there. And yeah. it was so it was so mouth puckering and so sour. It tasted like vinegar to me, honestly. And mm. uh, but but the thing is, you know, the more you drink it, it didn't take me long for me to start, you know, getting over that sort of, you know, that sour sort of shock from it. And yeah, uh, yeah so and then you know, I came back from the trip and um, I started uh, posting, you know, on my my personal Instagram account, um, sort of, you know. Uh, you know, the typical glass and can and bottle, those sort of pictures onto my mm. personal story. And, and obviously that went onto Facebook. And uh, a lot of people sort of liked it. Uh, I'm sure I annoyed some sort of distant friends who I haven't <laughs> spoken to since school. But then, um, you know, that's what I was doing. And for like a good best part of the year, I was, you know, sort of exploring all these different beers, all these breweries, you know, all the various sort of beer boxes you get that you can sort of, you know, basically just expand my knowledge and just becoming a sort of fan of it. And then just before lockdown, I was in a local brew pub, which is a brew house and kitchen. I'm sure it's a chain sort of of brew pub. I'm sure you might have some up north somewhere. Yeah. Um, But then I was in there with a few friends and um, they knew I was really into my beer because they obviously got spammed out by my uh, sort of Facebook (laughs) posts. And um, so when you mentioned earlier about, you know, recommending beers to people, they yeah. were, they were obviously asking me, like, we're in a craft pub, I don't really know, you know, I just know beer's beer, you know, I'll, and then I'd be asking, oh, what flavours do you like? Do you, you know, what do you want? Well, this sort of stuff. And just sort of like getting sort of, um, we're giving them sort of beer recommendations. And then when the beer came out and they tasted it, I could see the look on their face, you know, they were lighting up and I was like, oh, wow. Like, oh, that, that's pretty cool. And then, one of my friends, uh, he then said, oh, look, you, you got a knack for this. Why didn't you sort of create your own sort of Instagram account just to review beer? And that's what was the initial sort of um, idea behind something Crafty Carrington. Yeah. Um, and then, so I didn't have that name then, but um, I went back to my girlfriend and I said, oh, I don't have a name. And she went, oh, Craft Beer, Crafty Carrington, you know, so that was the name. <laughs> just like that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just like that, because my friends would come up with all these weird sort of names like Nighthawk Beer, you know, and all mm. these silly sort of, sort of names. But then uh, Amanda was just like, you know, Crafty Carrington, it's punchy, have that. And then sort of the whole idea was, you know, it was, it was meant to be a beer review page. And But then uh, one of my teammates, uh, which is the fellow Yorkshireman uh, called Joe, and he's Backrow Brew Co on Instagram. He started brewing about six months before me. And then, you know, we both sort of shared a sort of, a, you know, an affinity for beer. And he encouraged me to get into the brewing side of things. Mm. So so then after, I, I relentlessly picked his brains for all the sort of, the you know, newbie, novice sort of 
you know, info. And um, I eventually got the, plucked up the courage. It's not like it was a big thing, but plucked up the courage to buy my own sort of kit um, and then sort of jumped into it. And I, first of all, started uh, brewing, uh, I started brewing the kit brews. I don't know if you can call it really brewing because you just, you know, put in malt extract and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But the reasoning behind that, I thought, was I'll do these, at least I'm making beer right, whilst I can still study, like, you know, the deeper workings of sort of all, all grain brewing. Yeah. So I, was, so I did a couple kit brews so I could just be making beer whilst I was learning the process. And then my third brew, I jumped in with an all grain brew. And I think I've done three all, ga- all grain brews now. So, uh, and that's where we are, basically. That's that's the whole uh, long and boring story of how Crafty <laughs> Carrington came about. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think, though, in, in terms of what you were saying there about your journey into sort of craft beer and beer itself there, though, I think that's very relatable. And certainly from my <laughs> yeah. perspective, though, is, is that's exactly how I got into doing my Instagram page, is that I, I my my stories that I've said it ad infinitum now is just that I I didn't drink before I started drinking craft beer and then yeah, I started posting yeah. I started drinking craft beers posting it on my own personal page and I was just like I don't post anything else on this apart from beer so let's just turn it into a beer page yeah. went away came came and got a name and then it's just it's just taken off from there and then that's 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 where it's it's gone from but it's it's one of them and and I think myself I've I've been around sort of my granddad he he used to do home brews when I was a kid so when you've when you've yeah seen that or been exposed to it almost then you it's almost in in your nature and you've almost grown up with it it's it's almost yeah. sort of second nature isn't it that well you you have an interest in it and that you you want to understand more about what goes into making the beers that you really enjoy and that's certainly something that I've enjoyed yeah. doing when my brother, he's got a decent sized kit and he's done a, a couple of brews and we've, I've done a brew yeah. day with him. It's just learning that process and just seeing how meticulous that you need to be and how little mm-hmm. things can make such a big difference over, over what yeah. happens. It's, it's, it's a science, isn't it? You know, at the end of the day it is, it is pure science, but the end result is, is like say when you, when you see people drinking it, enjoying it, that's, that's the real goal. And that's what, that's what you do it for almost, isn't it? Exactly. It's funny when you mentioned the so when I've listened to your previous podcasts. Um, anyway, a quick shout out uh, to James Fox, Fox Brewing. Yes, so I listened. Yeah. So that was the first one I listened from you actually. Mm. And then obviously I was, you know followed you, followed me. We, we chatted, uh, you know, over the last sort of few months. And then obviously here we are now. But mm. it's um, anyway from the, that from that podcast. It's funny when you mention oh, how brewing's a science. Um, but it's weird when you're a home brewer or a brewer rather, you um you kind of feel weird with that word because yeah. to, to you to, as a brewer it's not that it's not that sciencey it's not that mm. sort of you know it's not that deep because we're obviously in the in the community we, we're in the know how. But then, mm. for example, say if I talk my talk the ear off of one of my friends about a brew day or you know the processes and you know gravity readings and water chemistry and all this stuff. Mm. They think it's science, so it's like yeah, it's, a yeah. weird, it's a it's a weird one. Yeah, that's yeah, that's my only point on that. It's just funny to be um, to have that sort of word um, lumped in with brewing, but it, it is true. It is a science, and um, no, I guess I I can sort of say I'm a scientist. You know, yeah, um, in many ways, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's it's but it's like it's I I see it as some of the sort of like baking is that it's it's a similar nature that you can you can chuck all these ingredients together and and it makes that, but 
why does it do that? You know, it's same with beer yeah. that you chuck all the ingredients together and it makes that. But why? What what changes? What makes the alcohol and where do you get the flavors from and why does it get the flavors yeah. and how do hops get the flavor and things like that? And it's like you say, when you start getting into the nitty gritty, it's to the untrained eye or ear, then it's probably like, Jesus Christ, it's what's it going <laughs> yeah. on about? Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. but it is and it is great and it's it's almost that you can get into as much detail as you want or not in terms of I know hops yeah. go into beer, I know they give it flavor, that's all I want to know. But then yeah. you go into the you know, the alpha acids and this, that and other of yeah. hops and whatever, blah, blah, blah. You can you can really get into a real level of detail as, as much as as much or as little as you want. So um it yeah, is definitely. something that I've wanted to do and, and get into home brewing, but it's just having the, the space to to do it in oh, the house. And it's I know you've know. I know you've got your um you sort of your repurposed coal box, haven't you, that you you use, which I've obviously seen your stories doing it on. Which oh yeah, as the on, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I could convince Anna to let me do that. If I'm being honest, it's just <laughs> I, I don't think I'd get away with that. I'm already taking over the house with beer as it is, let alone yeah, right. more, more beer to the mix. So, but maybe one day, maybe one day. Um, Mate, but what's um, yeah, yeah, that's it. I, I, I need a garage. We've we've bought a new house, as in a new built yeah. house, and yeah. we stupidly made the uh, the decision not to to get a house with a garage because it was cheaper. And I was I really rue that decision now. I really right. wish we had a garage. So oh. it'd be. I think it'd be a dumping ground, but I'm sure I'd be able to squeeze just, some brew kit in there somewhere. So just just get an all-in-one system, you know. If you're limited mm. to space, you know, just go all in one. Get a get a brew monk Magnus or something, and then that way, mm. you know, you can uh, jump in and brew your own beer. But you know, mm. yeah, yeah, it's like I say, it's with with the wedding incoming. I've, I've, I'll have to discreetly oh, get that right. past Anna. I think so. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. maybe maybe one day, maybe one day, but we'll <laughs> see. We'll see. Um, so over the course of have you have you been brewing then, Van Elliot? What's what's the what's a in terms of phrasing your favourite or the best beer that you've brewed to date? Then how what what would you say has been been your highlight so far? So it's hard to say. So I mean, in a way, I could I could discount um, disregard the the kit brews, but I must say the kit brews are and for any sort of listener now that is you know I'm in an army about sort of making their own beer with a kit brew. It's not mm. bad, honestly. You know, when I made that first, I think I got the hazy IPA kit from Mangrove Jacks. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was, even though I wasn't doing the full brew day, when I had, when I went from, you know, having it in the kit to then having it in my glass and it was tasty and I made it myself, that was mm-hmm. just like a, a light bulb moment. And that just, that, that just catapulted me onto like studying the all grain process more and, you know getting into it so i will say the first one was like a light bulb moment like i can do this it's fine but then i will say my first all grain um that was basically like the same feeling from the first brew i did which was a kit but mm. like like times 10 because when i saw this beer in a glass it i think it was a um it was a cascade and marisotta pale ale so nothing complicated but seeing this beer in the glass and it tasted nice and tasted pleasant, and I could drink it and drink it. And then obviously, then I gave it out to, um, you know, supporters, which are mainly sort of friends and family, and they enjoyed it as well. That was, um, I'd say, the first, yeah, the first all grain brew. Even though now um, I, I feel like I've moved on leaps and bounds, if you know what I mean. But yeah, yeah. From yeah. the feeling wise, it's my first all grain. Yeah. Yeah, was was that the one that you sent a bottle to me to? Well, because I know it was a while ago now, but was that the same one? Yeah, that yeah, that was yeah, that, that was the mm. Cascade 
pale ale. That's the one I sent to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I must admit it was it was a it was a good one. So it's um, I, I enjoyed it. So I'm I'm excited to see what um, what you do coming from that. And like you say, it's yeah. In some in some respects, the I suppose when you've homebrewed, you I suppose you sit in one camp of you super cynical about what you've done and what you yeah. could do better about yeah. or you just think oh you have done a bloody good job of that so I suppose you're sitting in one of one of the two camps and I know a lot of brewers are in the um sort of the former camp of that they're never happy and always sort of Cynical chasing camp, perfection yeah. yeah yeah and then wanting to yeah. not like see the sort of improvements for future brews but it's nice that you I suppose in a way that you get to brew something and then it's like do you know what I'm I'm bloody proud of that and I'm bloody happy with it so it's yeah. just, it's good that you you come away feeling that as opposed to you constantly tasting it and not not quite happy with it. Yeah, so it's it's an interesting one. So um, when I've been giving out, well, giving out, uh, I say I, people always sort of uh, donate like a nominal donation of like two pound fifty a bottle or whatever, hmm. um, which is great. But when I sort of give it out to um, my friends and family, you know, you, you kind of feel like you know they they're going to say they like it just because they don't want to hurt your feelings but when people are like yeah. oh no this, i'm not in, i'm not usually into crafting but this is banging this is making me want to get you know into it and then say a couple of weeks later they said or a week later they start sending me pictures of you know craft their uh, beers that they've picked up then mm. that's really sort of um really i don't know what, what the word is it's just Give you the warm fuzzy feeling inside yeah that you've got them <laughs> into this sort of world um and i definitely do have a cynical sort of mindset because you, you need to be if you want to make something good um mm. but then for example i said i'll give the beers to them and i'll get good feedback but then when i send bottles to a few sort of fellow home brewers and some sort of like more veteran home brewers you get that constructive fit um constructive criticisms shall i say it's kind mm. of a shock because you're like oh you know i've been sort of blown up here you know that it was it was good but then mm. because they're in the know and the nitty-gritty they give it to you straight and then but yeah. then that also once you take a step back and realize that that feedback is just honest, you know, sort of expert feedback and you can use yeah. that to, you know, move forward. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, mate, for sure. So off the back of, um, of the feedback you've had then. So what's, what's, what's coming up? What, what beers have you, have you got planned in? So I know you've just done a recent, a recent brew. So what, what, what was that for the, the benefit of the listeners and what are you planning on doing next? Yeah. So, um, I mentioned earlier I've done three all-grain brews at the moment and I've purposefully kept them uh, very simplistic. So with one malt, a single malt and single hop. So the first one, all the same malt, which is Maris Otter. And then with each brew, I changed the hop. So the first one was Cascade, a more floral, mm-hmm. earthy hop. And then the second one was Citra. Most people will know Citra, very citrusy, um, you know, sort of more juicy. And then with this one, it's a mosaic pale ale. So it's citra but you know on steroids you know the you know the term is that hop so once i've got them in the um once i've done that uh, with christmas around the corner and bearing in mind uh stouts take you know sort of a little bit longer to mature i like to brew a stout at the start of october um maybe infuse it with sort of you know more christmasy more decadent sort of flavors mm-hmm. and have a christmas stout which will then, you know, condition until Christmas and then I can give that out. But then yeah. another brew that I really want to get into, but um, I'm sure you can guess what style it is from what I'm saying now, but I want to really do this the style justice and I want the equipment and I want the know-how to be able to nail it. 
and that's the NEPA or a mm-hmm. New England IPA. Um, so that's and that's a style I absolutely love. I love a hazy beer, um, and I think if I can nail a New England IPA by you know sort of pro- probably like early next year, um, giving me time to sort of get the equipment and knowledge, I'd be I'll be happy. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a tricky one, isn't it? Like you say, because you need the the equipment. Because obviously you you're chucking so many hops into the into yeah. the mix. There, it's you, you need to make sure you've got the the right equipment to make sure that you're not blocking everything up and you know mm-hmm. struggling with it. Cause it's it becomes quite a a laborious thing, doesn't it? Because I mean, the, the couple of brews that we did when when we did it on my brother's equipment, when we chucked a load of hops, and it's like making sure that it can, you know work with that amount of hop and allow that yeah. amount of if you hop it too much and it just you're not getting everything out of it then it's just mm. waste because if you're not if the hops aren't doing what they need to do then there's no point chucking that many in because it's just a waste at the end of it isn't it so i'd be interested to see if you um if you do get to that point and when you do get to that point in terms of your nipa how it how it turns out because that's the that's the style that's the, the buzz style <laughs> at the moment so you know what? Once once I'm confident and I've brewed it, I'll chuck you a bottle up. But like, like you said, it's um it's one of those sort of linchpin sort of styles. It's like um I don't know if that was the right word, but it's one of those. What's the word I'm trying to say? It's very sort of temperamental. Um, it's like on a knife edge sort of thing. Mm. It's you need to be very careful with it because number one, oxidization. I can never say that word. Um, <laughs> obviously, you, you don't want oxygen in your beer. It's going to spoil it. All those lovely hot flavors are going to get soiled. And I see so many horror story beers of um, Nipahs that I've just turned to this dark, sort of gloopy, dank, sort of brownie color because they've got too much oxygen in there. And then also yeah. you need to look at water chemistry, make sure the levels are uh, befitting the style. And then um, and then it's also, also about the dry hopping process. You want to negate as much oxygen getting in there. So that's when you look at sort of uh, fermenting vessels similar to the Fernzilla, uh, mm-hmm. which have the sort of separated um, sort of bulb on the bottom where you can dry hop and purge. You can purge with CO2, then dry hop with no fear of any O2 getting into the beer. So it's a lot of, there's a lot of um, stuff to sort of process, but then also you need to have the correct kit to sort of do it justice as well. But that's, um, obviously that's going to keep me busy for a little while and that's something I'd like to aspire to in the next few months. Yeah, no, certainly. Mate. And it's, it's again, going back to that science and the pro how process driven and how meticulous it needs to be that most people won't understand or appreciate that you have to be mm. that careful with it because otherwise, yeah. like you say, if that, that beer gets exposed to too much oxygen, then it's ruined. You know, there's, that's, there's, <laughs> there's no coming back from that. And it's, that's a full batch yeah. just down the drain straight away. Which and again, just like I said, even just during dry hopping or canning or bottling or whatever it is, if if you're letting mm-hmm. too much oxygen in there, then it's just it's just going to spoil it. And we've all had exactly. we've, we've all you know I think everyone across the sort of the craft beer scene has had a bad can or an oxidized can yeah. or where it's been exposed to too much oxygen. It's been you know during the canning process or you know from other filler heads that aren't working properly or whatever it may mm-hmm. be, and it is an unpleasant experience and it does it does ruin the the beer completely. So. Fingers yeah. crossed, mate, that you do you do get to that point and you uh, and you do manage to master it. And, and certainly, if you if you do if you have enough to send to me, mate, I'm more than happy to, to send some some stuff your way as a, as a trade or to, to absolutely, to mate. You know, 
to compensate you for your, your time and effort. You know, it's easy for people <laughs> like me to sit and just drink beer. So it's nice to to give back and and not just sit and just yeah, I've got the easy job because I, yeah. I like I say, I know how much time and effort it takes, and it's it's a full day thing in it pretty much when you when you're doing yeah. it. So it's not it's not like you can just knock it up in a couple of hours. So uh, I know that you put a a lot of time and effort into it. So uh, when when as and when, mate, you'll. Uh, We'll 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 hook each other up, and if you need something exactly. in your way, then we can we can we can do that. I'm sure. So you, you know you know what I send I send you a, a you know a can or bottle for free, but I'm not going to say no to free beer, especially for somebody who's working <laughs> in a bo- working in a bottle shop now who has access to all the best beers in the country. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure, mate. Like I say, it's yeah. It's I, I don't want to I don't want to rely on uh, rely on your uh, your kind nature, mate. So yeah, if when when it comes <laughs> to it, mate, just just let us know and we'll uh, we'll sort something out for sure. So uh, so no I think worries. we'll uh, we'll we'll take a short pause there. Then we've got a uh, a couple of other questions that we or topics should we say that we we had lined up, and then we'll uh, cool. we'll come back after that and we'll uh, we'll wrap up from there. Sounds good. Right, so welcome back, everyone. So uh, the next thing that we had uh, written down that we wanted to discuss, Elliot, is that uh, you're uh, you're into your gaming like uh, like I am. So that yeah. uh, gives us another another angle there. So uh, the gaming and the homebrewing thing is that is that kind of tying to each other, or does one lend itself to another in terms of how you got into into both sort of? Or it's it's an interesting one, and and from the from your podcast that I've listened in the past, it seems it's quite a common theme for those that are into their beer um, to be into gaming as well. So, uh, it's, so I'm I'm mainly into you know the RPGs, the MMO RPGs, you know, uh, old school RuneScape, uh, World of Warcraft, um, and the thing I love about those sort of games is that because it's progression based and you see upgrades and you upgrade your character. And I, I see a lot of that in homebrewing as well. So like, mm. for examples, you know, there's always an upgrade in homebrewing. And yeah. so for example, my last brew, um, you mentioned earlier, I had a cooler box mash ton. And then in the previous two all grain brews, I didn't have that. I was doing it, brewing a bag. So then mm. I see that as like, you know, an upgrade, a level up, I'm sort of min-maxing, I'm, I'm getting better. And it's probably a really geeky thing to say, but I definitely see resemblances from that RPG sort of gaming genre in home brewing. But, mm. but also the other games I'm really into, and I know you mentioned in your podcast earlier in the previous episodes, is Assassin's Creed. And I absolutely love um, all the Assassin's Creed games. And I'm actually buzzing for um, AC Valhalla that comes out in November. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it's, it's. I suppose when you when you look at it like that, it is almost like leveling up, and you've got a new piece of kit that you're working towards, and yeah. you know you're sending your beers out, and that's your experience that you build up to to do yeah. that, etc. Yeah, so, yeah. I suppose when you when you sort of boil it down to the nitty gritty, then it is it is comparable in a lot of ways. But it seems to be that, like you said, that there's a two niches that blend themselves quite well there. That a lot of people that drink craft beer also are quite vested into the game and you know, or have been because i know when i've had um dave from virtual public virtual yeah, Pub yeah, on, yeah. He, that's he's one, there that's yeah. yeah james uh, just mills from the red elephant in truro he's into his gaming martin mm-hmm. my friend who i've had on a couple of times he's into his gaming as well so it is it is a 
a thing that it's quite a common thing to yeah, to have people yeah. that are into both and and a lot of people i've done this in the past i mean i haven't gamed myself much recently but, um but sitting and having a beer whilst you're playing something is you know it's awesome. that is a, a quite a quite common thing to do and you know as long as it's not a a, a dipper or a tipper that you're trying to play whilst you're playing something that requires quite a bit of attention and um exactly. you know fair amount of um and eye coordination shall we say that you don't want to end up <laughs> being beyond the point of uh no return while you're gaming while you're playing so exactly. if you have a couple of like you say like we said earlier with a couple of fridge fillers a couple of occasions or something yeah. whilst you whilst you're playing so uh so no I, cer- I certainly see that mate in terms of how you've how you described it there and as we speak, as we're recording in September, the the next Xbox has just been confirmed with yeah. its pricing, yeah. um, which I'm I'm massively excited for because I'm a I'm a console gamer t- yeah. at heart. Um, I've just never ever got into PC gaming, um, right. but the um, the next Xbox is what I'm I'm really looking forward to. Um, whether whether or not it proves to be a much bigger upgrade over my um, over my X that I've currently got, I don't know. But we'll we'll see. Um, which we've obviously had the release of both the PS5 and the Xbox now, but we haven't had any pricing, I believe, for the PS5 as of yet. So Not I'll yet, be interested no. to see where where that comes in at. But um, but do you do you lean towards one or the other of Xbox or, or PlayStation? So I'm a PC gamer, but All right, I, okay. wasn't, I was I wasn't always a PC uh, gamer. I was mm. I was PlayStation up until I think PS3, which must be mm. what. 10 years ago now i don't know maybe longer it's, it's longer now yeah 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 and then um i got into college um and then i did an it course at college and then from there i met a friend um, my best friend called lewis um and he's he's a big well he's a big youtuber now a big sort of twitch streamer and mm. uh but now he is but back then he wasn't we were just two nerds who like playing world of warcraft he, he, got, <laughs> he, he got me into pc gaming and yeah. i haven't really looked back i mean I did have an Xbox One, I believe, at some point when, because I had a lot of friends that it was before like crossplay was a thing with like, for example, the new Call of Duty. Yeah. So I I would just get an Xbox just to hu- not to humour, but so I could actually play with my join in friends. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's like I'm I'm predominantly a PC gamer, but I definitely see the appeal, and it's a funny one because, um, with um with Call of Duty Warzone being crossplay. I I frequently play with console players like my rugby my rugby teammates. Mm. So and they frequently they, whenever I play with them, they frequently remind me that I should turn my hacks off because being on being on a PC with mouse and keyboard is too much of a <laughs> uh, uh, too much of an advantage. But it's um yeah it's, yeah I'm a PC gamer, but I do like playing with the um with the uh, console players so I can you know look better than I actually am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's it you, you you do have a slight advantage there but it's it's one of the minute you know there's always been that divide of pc versus console on things and obviously the, the 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 pc market is a much better playing format or obviously you get more out of a pc than your console for obvious reasons right. but it's yeah. just it's just one of them things that it's just i know you can play with a, a controller and what have you now but to me if i'm going to buy a pc and play with a controller i might as well just buy a console because there's exactly. no point so you know yeah. it's the whole mouse and keyboard setup that's that's never got me but uh i mean it's but, like, yeah but it's, it's very niche like for example like i'm, I'm quite a big fifa fan i haven't played mm. in a couple of years but say a couple of years ago i was really deep into it like um so like actually before i got into the rugby i was like more into my foot footy more into my mm. football uh, and then for example say if i play fifa on my pc I will, you you have to use a um a 
controller. You can't, you cannot play FIFA with a mouse and keyboard or like no. racing games. So it's quite interesting. So you do have PC gamers who, who you know, lean on the um, console, uh, lean on the um, console sort of controller um, now and then. It's quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, this, yeah, because it's always. I mean, the, the for the majority of the time, the Xbox controller has always had compatibility with with the PC gaming. Yeah. You know, from the yeah. 360 ones to now to the obviously the the current. Xbox One and X controllers, so it's it's always been there. But yeah, to me, I might as well just stick where I am if I'm going to play with a controller because it's, yeah, it's just right. a. And it's it's, it's I mean, I suppose the same is applicable to you with a PC. There's always something you can upgrade your PC with, you know, in terms of graphics card, yeah. processor, you know, SSD, whatever it is. So it's yeah. it's one of them. But there's always something, and I just once I tumble down that rabbit hole, I, I just end up be shelling money out left, right, and centre. So if I've got a console, I've, that's that's it. I've just forked out for that, and that's just how it stays. And then I think that's that's me. That's just, I just like I like the ease of it. That's what I'm too lazy. Yeah. That's my problem. It's funny you mentioned that, but with me, um, with my PC, so this one I've got now is fairly new, but my mm. previous PC before that was, you know, sort of seven years old. So I'm mm. not so... It's maybe a maybe some PC gamers they upgrade like you know, all the time, but quite a lot of PC gamers they don't upgrade for you know five years at a time, similar to like, the the sort of console sort of format. Mm. Um, so like for example, like I'll I'll obviously being an IT technician, I'll build my own from all the parts or whatever. Yeah, and I can put a PC together. Um, we'll forget about the screens or the keyboard, the mouse, that sort of stuff. But I can put the the console part together right. Which is my gaming mm. console. I put it for about 500, 600 quid, probably mm. 700, you know, how much you want to spend. And then that will last you for, you know, four, five, six years, sort of thing. So it's, um, I mean, I guess it's if you're in the know, then yeah. you can sort of, you know, stretch your investment, shall we say. But my previous PC before this, it was really good back in, when was it? Uh, Eight years ago, but then it was on its sort of last legs when I was playing Assassin's Creed Odds, uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. So I had mm. to bite the bullet and upgrade. But yeah, I think that's a common misconception with uh, console gamers that PC have to upgrade all the time. It's uh, it's not the case. But I do support console gamers, and um, I just want to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does get a bit uh, fractious at times, doesn't it, between uh, yeah, console right. and PC? I yeah. know there's a lot of I know there's a lot of mudslinging from either side, but. Uh, Anything, anything to argue about anything to argue about yeah well it's just the same in any scene isn't it so I think yeah, that's, yeah. The, uh, that's just the nature of people mate so uh, exactly. but on on that note conversely though um one of the things that we we had to talk about was obviously the the wholesome nature is how you've worded it of the the craft and the homebrewing community which i think both of us here have got a similar sort of investment yeah. in this in terms of because certainly the my draw to craft this week's one side was that the yeah, yeah. um the, the for the most part the craft beer community is a very welcoming and friendly space yeah. that there's quite yeah. a lot of like-minded people um who certainly like us now we've we've never met before we've just got talking over instagram and yet here we are recording a podcast hopefully one day <laughs> when we can have uh a festival and actually yeah, go out and have a, yeah. have a good time we can actually meet in person Definitely. but certainly this this is what we're doing now is one of the main draws to, to craft beer for me which obviously it is for yourself big time it's um for example i'm going to plug him again but fox brewing uh, me me and him have never met obviously opposite ends of the country mm. and um you know i 
I'd probably pest him a bit too much for you know for you know, <laughs> for tips and help and everything. But um, over the last few months, me and him, even though we've not met, we've not even spoke, you know, on the phone or whatever. Yeah. Um, but we've struck up quite a strong friendship, and I've, I do believe that if we were living sort of next door, we'd be, we'd want to open up our own sort of you no know, brewery together because. It's, <laughs> But I mean, it's crazy that you can create such bonds with people and such like-minded people. Not just uh, mm. Fox Brewing, you know. There's multiple other people. There's Queer for Beer, who has an absolute banging T-shirt. I must add, uh, Queer for Beer is great. Um, countless, countless other people that are just, you know, I'm just chatting to in my DMs, and it's just like, it's just like you've been mates for a while. And um, I can't wait until the time where you know you're included, um, that we can meet up and have a beer. And it's just. It's so, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's a lovely community. So it is, I don't want to go down that whole rabbit hole, but it is frustrating when you see that supermarket versus bottle shop sort of, you know, controversy. I mean, it's not that deep, you know. It's, in my point of view, um, having super, having supermarkets uh, stock craft beer is good for the community because the tip the typical, you know, beer drinker will go in there, pick up the slab of Foster's, whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. But if he sees a craft, um, like sort of uh, two, four packs or nine quid or whatever in Tesco, and he's obviously pick that up and starts enjoying craft beer, I don't see anything wrong with that because then that brings mm. more eyes to our, you know, our community and gets people drinking better beer. And yeah. the fact that people just create these needless and malicious arguments about something that should be enjoyed, you know, you drink you drink a beer to get merry and have a laugh. You don't drink a beer to get nasty and cynical and punchy. We'll, we'll leave that to you know whiskeys and spirits and all that sort of stuff. You know, but, <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. If you like, well, I say if you like spirits and that, you know, I'm not insulting them, but you know, you get what I'm saying. We drink uh, because we enjoy and you know we want to have a good time. We don't want to fight with each other, do we? Really. Yeah, well, this is it, mate. And and the thing is, you know, it, I'm, I'm not like I say I'm not going to get into it because we'll be here for about three days, I think. But it's <laughs> for me. I started on supermarket craft beer, so it's only right that I talk about yeah. supermarket craft beer. Yes, I work in a bottle shop. I get that, but I, I still buy beer from the supermarket when I see it. Yeah. I don't just solely buy from my bottle shop. I buy from yeah. other bottle shops as well. Again, not just from mine, but if I'm in. Tesco, Morrison's, whatever. I always go to the beer section. Same, but yeah. It's, you know, it's, yeah. it's, 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 you know, it's, it's it, like, like you would, you wouldn't be here now if you hadn't have had that experience. I wouldn't be here now if I hadn't had that experience. And exactly. there's been so yeah. many people during lockdown that have come from. I've got a beer. I've had a beer fifty two box. I've been to Tesco. I've been to Morrison's. Blah blah. I've tried this. I want to try something different or something similar. Blah blah blah. It leads. It's a natural step up and progression is, you know, and it's just it's one of them arguments that'll be ever ever going and, and it'll continue going on forever more i think but yeah that aside like you say like we are now other people that i've met through festivals and and it go I, and i've said this on a previous podcasting call beforehand is that as a kid you're told not to meet strangers off the internet and that's exactly <laughs> what we are doing you know what i mean it's yeah. that you are talking to people off the internet that you've never met before you you, you know I've, I've beer and music is one naftali is I went to Manchester yeah. and he said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in Manchester and we just met up. We'd, we'd never seen each other before, but we, we got on like a house on fire and we're still taught now, you know, from through messages and, and other things. Yeah. So it's, it, you can, I believe you can really strike up a friendship with people that otherwise you would never, ever have met before. And that's, exactly. that's the beauty of it, that it brings people together. And we all, generally speaking, can appreciate this, this yeah. space and this community that has been yeah. built. 
and just enjoy some good beers. That, that's exactly. that's what we're here for, isn't it? So exactly, it brings it brings me back to like a quick segue back to like gaming. So obviously, mm. I'm a PC gamer, um, and you get on sort of voice comms with people, and you might not meet somebody, but you know you you chat to these people all around the country, sometimes in different countries. And then since I was in college, me and my friend Lewis, the the streamer Lewis, um, mm. we used to go to like these LAN events, like these big LAN events, you know, like thousands of people. It started off quite small, but now it's like thousands and thousands of people in a hall playing games, a social event. You're meeting and that, and then you're meeting people that you've only sort of like struck up friendships over online. But when you meet them, it's like they're your brother sort of thing. It's like it's uh, it's mental, and that, and I guess that's what I see the resemblance in this community as well. Um, yeah, it's very similar to the gaming community. Like it's like we're all cut from the same cloth sort of thing. It's uh, it's quite an interesting way to see how you know we you know other sorts of people sort of gravitate to it, and we're all very like minded, even though there are some out there that want to uh, you know scrap, but we'll, we'll mm. forget about that. Yeah, yeah, and that's it, mate. And it, and it does it does bring people together, and that's that's the that's the beauty of it. And it's good that we like gaming, beer, other yeah. you know sport. You know, it bring it brings people yeah. together, and it's it's a conversation piece. But like you say, people's like like you said earlier, you know, people's reason for drinking changes, and certainly mine now is that I'm not trying to go out and get absolutely hammered. Yeah, I'm just yeah. enjoying a few beers while I have a good chin wag with somebody or meet somebody and just have a good chat with somebody and that's 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 what we do it for so mm. so that that's 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 why we're here so um i think the last point that we had mate was um yeah is the question is do you see a future in brewing is, is that what you want to do obviously i know you're an i and i know you're in it in it by rights yeah. but is is brewing or even something in the brewing industry something that you you're aspiring and wanting to work towards yeah so i'm always going to be a geek i'm always going to love it but um, I think I'm quite surprised at how um, how much this sort of new hobby has took me by storm. It's um, it really has. It's like one of those things where it's like I'm I'm pretty much unless I'm working and concentrating on you know work or gaming or on the rugby pitch, I'm thinking about brewing. I'm thinking about Crafty Carrington. I'm thinking about you know, and I'm one of those personalities where I can get sort of you know I want to sprint before I can walk, and I just yeah. want you know. And um, Amanda, my partner, is very good at sort of calming me down with that and keeping me grounded. <laughs> but but um, I would absolutely love. I would. I want to be careful because I don't want to jump right in with two feet. But um, you know, I definitely see myself in this sector. I definitely want to be a brewer. Like my sort of roadmap is within the next couple of years is um, converting the garage into a nano brewery. Just get all the mm-hmm. license, get all the kit, and then work obviously do my it stuff uh but then also sell sort of small batch sort of semi-commercially sort of thing you know just mm-hmm. local bottle shops that sort of stuff um the ultimate goal and i know we're talking you know pipe dreams or whatever is to have a you know sort of microbrewery with tap room nothing yeah. mental nothing nothing over the top like you know like a vocation or whatever but um just something you know small and then Next year, I'd like to do my brewer's diploma, and uh, you know, just get that stamped down, and and then we go from there. So it's like, you know, it, these sound like big sort of plans, but I I, I need I always need something to work towards, and I would yeah. love to get qualified and then just keep you know brewing slowly and steady. And within the next couple of years, I'd absolutely love to you know 
sort of be a part-time brewer, you know, mm. but that, you know, we'll see, we'll see, you know, life, life does throw curveballs, but that's my, um, that's my definite plan at the moment. Yeah, no, no, it's, and it's like you said, it's good to have things and like goals and aspirations that you can work towards, mate. That's that's the thing, and it's it's surprising how things change. It's, it's like myself is obviously my last job I got made redundant from. I'd I've been looking to find a way to get yeah. into beer and craft beer. Yeah, it's off the back of what was a a shit situation of being made redundant. Is I found my feet in a, an interest that I like, hmm. and it's it's strange how these things come about. It and you know, it's it, it, I'm sure it'll be the same for yourself in in one way or another, in, in many ways, certainly for this is, for me is, it's not what you know, it's who you know, because I'd got to know James who runs uh, Yorkshire Craft Beers just by shopping there. Yeah. And then we, we'd struck yeah. up a, a friendship from that. And then obviously after losing this job, it was like, come work down here. And I'm sure that yeah. will be awesome in, in some ways for yourself as well, that that door will eventually open, you know, it's whether it's doing it yourself or doing yeah. it with somebody else or for somebody yeah. else. I'm sure there will be a point where it's just, out of the blue is that you, you've got that experience and knowledge and then you get the opportunity to, to prove yourself almost. And, and I, and I exactly. hope that is the case, mate. I hope that really, really does how it pans out for you because it's, it's, it's not often that people get to find employment or work in something that they love, mm. but yeah. to, to do something in craft beer for yourself or as part of another brewery, mate, I, um, I hope it does work out because there's, I know there's a lot of breweries out there, but I still think there's plenty of space for the people to come and just, like you yeah. say, even if it's just on a on a much smaller scale, you know, yeah. not fully commercial, just to be able to to have a small space where you can give people just beer or share living. beer with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. And there's a there's a chap in uh, round here that he's called Five Towns Brewing, and it's just a oh. guy called Malcolm. It's just him. He's called Five Towns. It's just him in his garage, and he just brews as and yeah. as and when. You know. It, is is retired and what have you, but he just does it because he likes yeah. doing it, and he, he does a few kegs and he bottles the rest of it and what have you, and he just gets beer out there, and that just gets him a bit of money just to just yeah. covers the cost of brewing it, and and like you say, if it just earns you a living or just gets a bit of money in, mate, then then why not? Why not? Like you say, if you can convert the garage and you, you're onto a winner already and getting a license, because that's what um yeah. that's what Fox Brewing's done, isn't he? He's you know he's looking at doing yeah. the same, or that's what he's looking yeah. at doing. He's getting a license for his garage and what have you. So it's it, anything's possible really these days, isn't it? Exactly. I mean, it's um, it's we're, we're, I'm going to sound like such a boomer at the moment, but with the <laughs> internet, there's so much information out there. You know, we've got Instagram, we've got you know people that can share information and share knowledge, and there's guides out there, and there's internet learning and all this sort of stuff. And it's honestly like if you've got a passion for something nowadays, you like you can you have so much resource at your fingertips. You can just go for it. You can mm. brew yourself. You can learn. You can reach out to sort of local microbreweries for experience and this sort of stuff. And um, like I said earlier, I'm quite surprised at how, how much this sort of this culture has sort of taken me. And I'd love I'd love nothing more than to, um, you know, one day have Crafty Carrington microbrewery. And honestly, if I was earning what I'm earned now and it's fine and I'm living a nice life, but I'm in doing what I love, that to me is, priceless um but yeah. that is the goal that's the goal but we'll see we'll see i don't want to i don't yeah. want to get too cocky i want to stay humble but <laughs> i'm the kind of guy that I'm, I'm the kind of guy that gets excited about when we talk about stuff like this so i yeah, must yeah. calm myself down otherwise yeah. 
Gilbert's gonna have to call me down later. Yeah, yeah. That's it. You before you know it, you've put an offering in a retail space yeah, or a yeah, warehouse yeah. or an industry. Exactly. It's like what you what are you doing? It's like I've yeah. made it. I've I've made it. I've I've made one good batch of beer and that's it. I'm <laughs> I'm investing. I'm going full scale. I'm going full scale. But yeah, yeah exactly. but I'm I'm sure with I'm sure with the time and effort, mate, I'll um it, it'll come through for you, mate. But um We'll uh, obviously we'll be staying in touch and hopefully that that of course, uh, mate. Of course. that does manage to happen. But we'll I suppose in some ways it's all dependent on what goes on in the world, mate. So we will uh, we'll we will see we will see. <laughs> yeah, but that uh, that that quite nicely leads us uh, to the end of of what we had to talk about and indeed the the end of the show, mate. So uh, so thank you very much for for joining. Um, I know you've got plans this evening, so thank you for managing to, to find time to, to record. No it's worries. been a, no it's been good to actually have a chat and uh, meet you, albeit virtually, mate. But uh, yeah. but Elliot, for for people who may not be may not be following you uh, on on Instagram or your other socials, where where can people find you? Uh, so uh, quickly before that, I just want to say thank you, obviously, to you, Stephen. Um, great to get come on and you know chat to you. Um, shout out to all the Crafty Carrington supporters. Um, any listeners, if you do want to, uh, you know, find me on Crafty Carrington, um, two R's and Carrington on Instagram and on Facebook. So Crafty Carrington, Instagram, Facebook, and you'll find me. But uh, also big shout out to Pox Brewing for introducing me to your podcast. And yeah, thanks for having me on again. No, no, you're very welcome. Thanks for thanks for tuning in, mate, and uh, and shout out to to Fox Brewing for for spreading the word because he's a he's a <laughs> he's a good guy, and it's it was he had a yeah. had a good chat with him when when he came on. So I appreciate that you've uh, you've gone back and I said, I'd say I'd dig through the archives, but we're only eighteen episodes in, so it's hardly a, there's hardly an archive. But uh, still a few but yeah, episodes, I still a few yeah. Episodes. Well, it's it's more than I thought I'd get to, mate. In all honesty, I thought I'd get to about five and get bored, or I'd run out of people to come on. But thankfully, I've had. Uh, I've had yeah. a good response so far to people wanting to come on and have a chat. So, uh, so keep on, sma- ho- keep on smashing it. You're doing really yeah, well. Yeah, hopefully, smashing. hopefully it'll continue, mate. Thank you. So, uh, but uh, for anybody who doesn't follow me by now uh, on Instagram, I am points underscore of underscore brew. Um, that's the same on Twitter as well, and just points of brew on Facebook. Um, well, thanks again for everyone who's listening and and has listened up to now. Uh, if you've got any questions, comments, any feedback at all. By all means, feel free to send them to me on a message on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. Or if you want to write an email, then by all means, feel free to send me an email at pointsofbrew at gmail.com. But that's it, mate. So thanks again. Bye for now. And we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll have a chat again very soon. Cheers, Stephen. Bye. No worries, mate.